Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Today we are talking about the season finale of Andor. This is a pretty underrated show as far as it goes. I think that's because the saturation level for Star Wars shows has been like hit, you know, <laughs> it's been saturated. And it's been saturated with a couple stinkers and overall I would say some pretty good shows, pretty entertaining shows, uh, a fresh kind of perspective on uh, space westerns, which have been done before, but uh, in this world, it, it's pretty nice, and I, I don't know, it's something I enjoy actually watching, and Andor is uh, especially um, good, I would say, as far as the writing and the performances and the, the filmmaking aspect of it, I would say Andor is good just for a show in itself, and especially good for a Star Wars show. Definitely. Uh, there's a lot of um, subtlety in uh, what they, how they tell stories. And there's also a lot of um, comparison between characters, stories, and developments and how they relate to each other, but they're in a different world, um, you know, rich and poor or imprisoned and imprisoned imprisoned physically in a cell and imprisoned in a life um, and how those two are can be the same but how they play out differently so that's just about the show in itself but I want to talk about the season finale specifically the opening scene um, they have a the narration from this character Nemec who wrote a manifesto about um, kind of rebellion and standing up against tyranny and and in search of freedom and right now we're just gonna listen to um, the manifesto or that opening scene it's a minute 40 and it uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about it and kind of get more into the philosophical side of it or more about how it doesn't necessarily relate to the galactic empire but how it relates to our existence today in this world and society there will be times when the struggle seems impossible i know this already alone unsure dwarfed by the scale of the enemy remember this freedom is a pure idea it occurs spontaneously without instruction Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are armies, battalions, that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere. And even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. The imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. 
All right. So sorry about the background noise with that clip. Um, in the show itself, it doesn't have all that junk, but the person had to kind of edit that for YouTube because otherwise Disney will copyright it, basically. Um, they have to create their own original content around it. Uh, just as I'm doing. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a few different things in there. There's some stuff that's very interesting. Um, the message at the end is to try. And it's, you know, geared towards this rebellion kind of uh, way of thinking. But it can also relate just to life in general. Um, there is a lot of oppression. There's a lot of suppression. There's a lot of um, challenges that we deal with that are out of our control and in the control of um, corporates, corporations, governments, these, these kind of enacting powers in our world. And all we can do, there's no way that we can stand up as an individual and make massive change directly without the support and help of many. So this relates to any sort of protest. This makes me think of... Um, the different protests that that have been uh you know present in in my existence you know um and it's so weird i i think about protests sometimes you know i'm i'm here in canada and there's a there's actually a fair amount of protesting on uh you know i think if i say that i'm from canada and and i talk about protesting the first thing that's going to come to the majority of my listeners and viewers um minds is the freedom convoy but there's also a huge amount of people in Canada, a huge history of standing up for the environment. So there's this weird thing that's happened where um, the first sort of conservative protest is the one that gains huge media attention, at least in today's age. I mean, in the 90s, there was um, there was the... Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's basically near Clackwood Sound. There was a uh, a protest to stand up for the old growth, and it was the largest protest um, at the time for, I, I believe, for environmental reasons or something like that. But anyway, we have this we have this very liberal protesting happening here in Canada, and we have very conservative, I guess. I don't know. It's, it seems very strange that those two things are happening um, where it's really standing up against oppression um, and standing up it, whether you agree with one or the other it's standing up against a larger power you know in the in the freedom convoy it's standing up against the government mandates and all this kind of stuff even though those were basically going to dissolve anyway and um, in the case of for, for instance Ferry Creek or or uh, you know the uh, pipeline, uh, Keystone Pipeline, um, the Northern Gateway Pipeline. Um, this is all standing up against huge corporate interests, huge money interests. Um, you know, shareholders, all these investors, everybody that wants to see that project happen and see their their money go up. Um, and it's and it was people standing up against that. So I think that. I think that this message that is said in this manifesto um, part here is is directly speaking to the mind of a protester, the, the mind of somebody who wants to stand up for freedom. Um, there are some things in it, though, that, that make me think a little bit um, about just the ideas and how they can be, how they could be, um, you know, just incorrect. 
And I don't know, um, but it, it makes me think. So there's this one part in there where he says the, the empires, um, I'm paraphrasing because I'm bad with memory, but uh, the empires want for control is unnatural. And so what that's saying is that there is no, it's for something to be unnatural, it means that it doesn't, exist in nature but i would argue that there are lots of incidences in nature that um where control of an environment control of others control of something is something that that happens i mean how do we is it is some does something become unnatural when it's done by man uh or done by humankind um that doesn't really make sense because we are derived from nature. Um, is it not just nature playing out its course in this fashion? And in that way, I mean, you could argue that nothing is unnatural, that, you know, synthetic um, chemicals are derived of natural things. They have just been created. And so maybe the maybe that creation is just a part of nature and and nature's course so um that's a little you know argument against that part and i think that you can observe control in a sense you know um you know what is a uh you know uh, a male lion's pride but uh you know the ability for that alpha male um cat to have some control over its pride is that unnatural Uh, that is control in a in a very small uh confined example and um i just don't know that you know this freedom you know like what is like what does freedom mean to in in this in this circumstance what is 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 freedom just the ultimate freedom of of nobody being accountable um everybody not not accountable but everybody being able to do exactly whatever they want at at whatever time not having anyone else tell them what to do is that is that what freedom is um full autonomy of your own being um and i think that is something to strive for but i also think that it has been something that people have gotten used to for so long i mean it it happens daily you go to a job you if you're an employee you have somebody else telling you what to do it might not be directly every single day but you have an idea that was even if it was yours it was for something else even the idea of working together for a common goal of freedom, there is uh, a sense of maybe not control necessarily, but connection to an idea. And that breeds an environment of, of somebody needing to take control of take charge. And that happens. Um, and, whether you're on board with that, whether you agree with it or not, is that what the difference with control is? Is uh, if you're in a system where you don't agree with the leadership, um, is freedom being able to walk away from that, having the the control to walk away from that? 
um, or, you know, or being forced to do something, is that not having control? Um, so that's what, you know, this is just the, this is what I mean about this show is this is literally just the first opening scene of this episode. And it, it, it kind of doesn't get more philosophical than this necessarily, but it does get, um, interesting. It, you know, it's just an interesting show throughout it. It talks a lot about, or it showcases a lot about the different lives that people can live. There's another line in this where he says, freedom is a pure idea. It, it occurs um, spontaneously and without instruction. Now that is, um, that sounds really great, um, but it doesn't necessarily describe freedom. I mean, I think freedom needs to be described. I think it needs to be defined without instruction i mean i so so without instruction so that means that instruction would destroy freedom um if we look at that definition in its its entirety uh if freedom is something that happens spontaneously and without um instruction then something that happens uh that is that is um that means that something that isn't spontaneous and that is instructed is the opposite of freedom, if that was our definition. Um, so that, that, that kind of gives us a building block of, of what that kind of means and, and how we would define freedom a little bit. Um, without, it, it sounds really good. It's an, it's an amazing sound bite and it makes you kind of feel inspired. Um, and it is an interesting idea that, that freedom is defined by these characteristics, that it is spontaneous, that it happens, it kind of happens within you. Uh, it happens without instruction. You're not telling yourself to strive mm -hmm. for freedom. You're not telling yourself <clears throat> necessarily even what freedom is. You're just kind of, you're kind of feeling it. It's more of a feeling than anything else. And I think that that has some merit, that has some truth to it. Um, and I think that that is sort of in play with the rest of this manifesto um, speech with uh, how the the imperial uh, forces are, are kind of trying to gain control. And I think with control, there comes regulation and, and regular, and, and that's the opposite of spontaneity. And then there comes, um, con you know, uh, demands, instructions, and that's the opposite of without instructions <laughs> and so i think that uh you know if if you're if you're if you were to feel very oppressed by something in your life i think that this um would very much speak to you i think that this would be a very powerful thing and i think that in this world i think we do feel somewhat oppressed um you know certain countries and certain people more so I live in a pretty free country. I live in, you know, there is corruption on many different levels and that is the way of the world. There is nowhere that is pure. There is nowhere that is, um, where people are, you know, there, there might be tiny little pockets, but definitely no country in the world is looking out for the individuals or the, the aspect of every single person because that is impossible for any 
large organization to do because they do not have the feedback, the information, and the ability to service every single person's individual needs. That only works on a smaller scale. Um, it might work, you know, it might work with a family. It might work with two families. It might work with a small eco village. Any bigger than that, we get into problems of communication. And even on those smaller levels, we might get into those. It is very, very difficult to work in harmony with many different people with many different needs. And I think that is the fundamental reason why government is flawed. Um, it's a flawed system, but it's a system that it's a catch-all net. It's not, it cannot be a perfect system and people expect some sort of perfection, at least for themselves while disregarding the possible needs of others. Um, people are needy people, you know, it's, it's a hard world to live in. It's a difficult world to, you know, you have to consume a certain amount of vegetable and meat matter every single day just to exist on this plane. Plus, you know, drink enough, uh, hydrogen water compound, you know, H2O, you have to consume enough of that. It has to be clean. Uh, it has to be disease free. Uh, because otherwise, if you catch a disease um, from what you're eating or where you're located or who you're around, um, then you become even more needy. Then you need a health care. You need uh, you need you need health care, basically, which encompasses everything around that, whether it's to prevent a sickness or to treat a sickness or to, you know, recover from a sickness. Um an illness, I should say, I guess, uh, there's all sorts of different things. There's, you know, not everybody is neurotypical. We don't have all the same brains. There are so many variations and it's just impossible to formulate a, a system that works for every single individual. And that's the problem with religions and governments and all of these huge organizations is that they the people within them believe strongly that they that they're in the the right in whatever party they're in whatever religion they're in and then they think that that's right for others and it just might not be you know i would say organized religion in basically any sense is not right for me so you know if i talk to somebody and they think i should read the bible or the the quran or you know, their, their cult pamphlet, um, because it'll help me. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's, it, it's not going to work for me as it works for you because we are different people with different ideas and, and different needs, but we are intrinsically needy because of our, uh, the mechanism of survival for us as an individual and not just survival, but also our mechanism for thriving in this world? What does it mean to live in existence that we don't just tolerate, but an existence that we love? You know, there, we need so much more to love our life than to just tolerate our life. And a lot of that comes within, but we need to learn how to do that. We need to learn how to possibly deprogram our early childhood programming and then reprogram with, um, 
uh, a system that works better for our minds and our lives. And, you know, we are just, we are a needy species, that is for sure. And that's because of how much we know exists. And the more we look at, you know, different lives on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever, we realize that, hey, that might work for us. Maybe I need that. And we become even needier when we look at others and say, hey, what you have, I need. You look happy. I want that happiness. So I think this comes back to a little bit of that, you know, that freedom, control, blah, 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 you know, the oppressing. I think it comes back to what can we do as an individual to service our needs and therefore not put our needs on someone else to um, look after. You know, if we if we individually look after ourselves, then the safety net of the government, of, of corporations, of organizations, um, they're, they don't need to spend their resources on us as individuals if we're looking after ourselves. Now, that isn't always possible. We do need support. Um, and we can help each other. We can help each other as friends, as you know, organizations, as governments, as religions, all of those things can be helpful, but they have to be, in my mind, to be pure, they have to not be in a way of controlling the other person. They have to be in a way of service, it has to be mutually beneficial to serve each other. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who will take without giving back or, um, and that might also just be where they're at they need a lot they're very very needy and they're not at a place yet where that they can give back so there's this crazy balance that happens in all of these lives you know i think of you know i think of like um you know a drug addict they literally need to feed their drug habit every single day and you know being kind to the person next to them isn't necessarily something that they can do. It's, it's way extra for the, because of the fact of what they are feeling internally. And so it can just be, um, it can be very hard to give back when you're feeling so low. It's not an easy thing to do. And I think, uh, you know, it all starts with compassion for each other, and it's and it definitely starts with compassion for yourself. Now, I'd love to end it there because that was just hard hitting, but I have to say, if you're watching this on YouTube, to go check out the audio only podcast. I do most of these um, episodes are audio only. I, I, I it's it's much more work to set it up on camera, and a lot of times I just want to get the message out there. And a lot of times it also feels more natural to just talk to the microphone. I can get deeper into it without getting a little bit, you know, it's not even, it, it makes me self-aware of what I'm doing when there's a camera in front of me. But when there's a microphone, I'm just kind of zoned in and can really get into it and, and relax. And I think um, for me, creation happens when I'm relaxed. And so um, Definitely go check out the audio podcast if you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. That helps a lot. I'm trying to game this algorithm a little bit, trying to get some views, trying to make some money from this so that I can continue to do this. I love doing this podcast, but it needs to make sense for me. Um, <laughs> it's a lot to give, but I got to get something back. <laughs>
<laughs> and the government ain't helping me with that that's for sure so thanks everyone for watching listening and we'll see you on the next episode on this show, you know, I've talked a lot about money. Um, investing is an interest of mine. Money is really important. It's a store of energy of our, of ourselves. And basically, we can use it to create in this world. We can make all these different things happen just because of the money that we either use. And the more you accumulate of it, the more you can create. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating subject. And it's a lot easier sometimes to actually save money than it is to make money. So today's sponsor is Mint Mobile. And if you're in the States and you have a cell phone, you can probably save a lot of money by switching to Mint. I mean, Mint has these plans. It's like 15 bucks a month, unlimited calling, unlimited texting, five gigabytes of data. They have 4G, 5G plans. And for 30 bucks, you can get unlimited data included with that plan. And so it's like 30 bucks unlimited data. And the internet is so powerful. We need to get on there. We need to learn. I mean, you're probably, you're using the internet right now to listen to this, to download this. Um, it's important to have, and you might be able to save a ton of money by switching to Mint. So check out the link in the description for Mint Mobile. And we get a kickback here. We get a small commission. So it really, really supports the show. It's super, super important to um, feel like I can actually do this and make a little bit of cash, um, th this podcast. So it's going a long way and it's really important for you to save money as well. So if you are spending too much on your mobile, go at least check it out, see if the coverage is good for you, if the service is good for you. And basically it's a smart business as well. What they've done with mint mobile is they've, um, they've basically done what more and more companies are doing to save money and to pass it on to consumers, which is not have a retail store. There's a lot of empty shopping malls out there in the world now because there's no need for companies like Mint Mobile to have a cell phone kiosk in the mall or whatever storefront. And so they can pass those savings from not having to, um, you know, rent and lease that space, not having to employ those people working there. They can employ people in a more concentrated fashion so they can have less employees and serve more people basically and they do it all online all through the internet and the customer service is supposedly pretty good still um, that's the other thing too is you don't want to like lose things by switching to mint mobile so i would check i would just recommend checking them out see if it's a fit for you um, basically when i ever have a problem on my cell phone i'm calling them anyway i'm not going into a store uh, that's just you know you're just looking to get upcharged basically by going into a store anyway so um check it out links in this description like i said 